Greetings, salutations, and welcome back to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim, and with me as always is Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And this time we're looking at the season finale of Discovery Season 2, which is called Such Sweet Sorrow, and also Such Sweet Sorrow Part 2, but... Looking at it, it's pretty much one episode. Yeah, with streaming, I can't understand why they didn't just release it as one episode. Yeah, it doesn't make it's a lot a, of sense. It's like a standard thing now. It doesn't matter the length of your episode. No, it's... We're not bound in the same way as we used to be. And it clearly is that this just overran, because they announced it was a 13-episode season, then at the last minute they say, oh, no, it's actually 14 episodes. And also... Such Sweet Sorrow Part 1 isn't called Part 1, it's just called Such Sweet Sorrow, and then yeah. it's like the second bit's called Part 2, so we're treating it for the purposes of this as one episode, yeah, we're ju- yeah. and we're going to cover it all in one go, so I think for the first time this season we've got returning um, directors and um, returning writers as well, though they didn't all necessarily work on the same thing, so the directors, Olatunde Osunsami who did episode three, which would point a light, uh, the, which were the first one we went back to the Klingons. Yeah. When we first saw Giorgio in section 31 and everything. And then the writers are Michelle Paradise, who we know is going to be the showrunner from next season. There's Jenny Lumetz in the mix, who um, prior writing credits worked on uh, the Mummy film, the one with Tom Cruise. So yeah. I think probably mates with Alex Kurtzman, because I think he had some... Involvement oh, was in he involved that. with that? Yeah, it's Alex Kurtzman's got a an interesting filmography. Really, he worked on some really good stuff, but also some some pretty bad yeah. stuff. Yeah, the mummy didn't really reboot the monster series, did no, it? Like it was meant to. Not the way they intended. I mean, maybe that's the thing. Maybe he's like a, sort of a franchise guy. Like you know, he's good at overseeing these big projects. So they brought him on because they wanted to do this dark universe rubbish and. That all yeah. went wrong. <laughs> now, as we know, he's overseeing um, uh, the rest of Star Trek. But he's also credited as a writer on this episode. And the title itself, Such Sweet Sorrow, is a quote from Romeo and Juliet. It's, you know, after the the, bal- the famous balcony scene. Yeah. And um, they say, parting is such sweet sorrow, so we'll say goodbye until morrow. And Chang also quotes it in Star Trek VI when he beams off the Enterprise. So we've got a bit of Star Trek Star form Trek, uh, for the Star the Trek quote. nod back. Yeah. Uh, so let's dig into the actual episode then. So we start with a bit of a weird scene. So Sarek and Amanda are on a beach and Sarek looks to still be in his, his trance that he was in yeah, last time we saw him. Yeah, he's been in his trance for a long time. Yeah, and he, he sort of snaps out of it because he senses there's something's happening with Michael and there's some kind of doom coming, I suppose. Yeah. So, it's not the last time we see him in the episode and I think really it's just there to remind us... That they are part of it. Yeah, that they're still players and yeah. that we're going to be seeing them a bit later on. Um, and then we go back to pretty much where we left off. We're in the process of abandoning the discovery, and we get sort of little snippets, really. Like you have Tilly deciding what to take with her, and she grabs a snow globe and takes that. And you've got Saru in his room looking at various things. Yeah, and like he's going to take his dagger in it. Yeah, so we're getting the scene how the characters are. Reacting with it all and everything. Yeah, and what little like personal items can you take with you? Because it is literally it, just yeah. personal. 
Well, somebody evidently took Giorgio's telescope when they abandoned Shenzhou back in the yeah. pilot. Somehow Michael wound up with that, yeah. which I'm, I'm still not entirely clear on. But well, how that happened, but it did. It did, yeah. So, yeah, we see them all gathering the stuff and everything, and then we get really the first really good look at the Enterprise that we've had. I know we had it in a few episodes, but it was very, very brief. Yeah, it was sort of like teasers, wasn't it? It was, yeah. oh, look at this. Oh, there you go. Yeah, you can't have it. <laughs> <laughs> I wore it both selective. You want to stroke our cash? No, you can't. Yeah. Um, but now we do finally get some good shots and you get, they throw the TOS fanfare in there in the music and everything. And they have these, um, I think they call them the excavation corridors where I thought it was really clever because it's, it's basically just bits of metal that fly out, but then it sets up force fields yeah. all the way across it, which is how you would imagine that would be done. Yeah, it makes sense. It's an emergency. But it's not something we've seen before, but it is something that seems to fit in with the world. So, And it's it's sort of economical in terms of space as well, because it, it looks like it's just flushed to the body of the ship and then it pings out, yeah. rather than having this big tube. Huge tube that you've got to store somewhere. Yeah, and, yeah it makes sense. Unless you trying to evacuate a ship that's had a major power failures and all that, then I think they might have a few problems. Yeah, that'd be a bit of a problem there. If that's, I suppose you'd have to use shuttles, wouldn't you, or something. But um, Then we get a voiceover from Michael. She's questioning what's been happening. Why have they only seen four out of the seven signals? And she's sort of telling Pike that she wants to understand now why they were led to the crystal. And then she gets one of these crystal orb vision things where she sees a torpedo that's trapped in the Enterprise and yeah. sees all this disaster and everything and going all getting on. killed and losing and... Yeah, the I mean, well, it's a little bit later on, isn't it, where she gets the... sees all the crew getting shot yeah. and everything. And so we'll, we'll get to that one in a minute. Um, back on the Enterprise then this is like our first view of the inside of the Enterprise really like we saw Spock's quarters but yeah we saw Spock's quarters and we liked Spock's quarters but now we get some corridors and and I like that the corridors have got that like mesh sort of effect that they had in TOS yeah and they've not been scared of the bright oranges and the no. bright colours so is it Giorgio later on who says orange really yeah. when she sees the bridge like there was a reason for the old bright colours in TOS yeah yeah it was to sell the colour tellies at yeah, the time wasn't it yes CBS saw the pilot pilot weren't happy with how dull it looked and said we've just spent uh, 1.5 billion yeah. on colour cameras you will have colouring <laughs> yeah exactly I mean and you can see it like with other shows like the 60s Batman you yeah know. and it is it's all primary colours yeah and it you know that's what you needed to do to flog the tellies yeah. at the time I think we took a more conservative approach in England we were like get the snooker on <laughs> now we've got colour we can have snooker, snooker on all the time and there is there is footage in there of old like snooker but shown in black and white yeah and you've got the, one of the classics is um, oh he's going for the blue here and for those watching in black and white it's the one behind the pink yeah. <laughs> so yeah there were benefits for all things with colour TVs um, so there's a bit where when they get to the bridge Pike says she looks as good as I remember and I think that's a nod to the audience and I think it's it's almost like a mission statement of what they're trying to do here. Yeah, like they've been through, they've been faithful to how 
we all remember the TOS from yeah. the original series, but it is modernised. It yeah. has to be. You couldn't do. And I think that's what they're getting at. They're saying this looks as good as you remember it looking when you saw it in the yeah. 60s because it looked great and it looked futuristic. It, you know, it, it looks as good as your memory of it is rather than it looks exactly, exactly like, like it actually yeah. was. It isn't good. It'd be, it'd be stupid for it to be the same bridge as the TOS it would nowadays. Be. And we've moved on. We're, we're ahead of, in technology how our screens and yeah, exactly. controls work than what they had. So. Oh, a lot better. Though I did notice, I rewatched The Cage recently, and there's a bit where Spock uses motion control on his panel. Yeah. And that was a nice touch, but I would guess that the reason you don't see that in the rest of TOS is the execs probably said, well, people aren't going to understand what, he he's, doing? what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think that's basically them saying that we want to make it look as good as you thought it looked yeah. back then, kind of thing, which is what we've been saying all along. But I, I like that that's sort of a, almost a bit of a sort of metatextual comment, yeah. really, that they're putting out there. And then Georgia's there; she basically just wants to go for revenge now on Leland. Yeah, she's she's ready to kill him. In yeah, she's, exactly. She's had enough. And they try the auto-destruct, it doesn't work. They try the torpedoes, the torpedoes don't work. Now, I couldn't understand that. Like, I could understand the auto-destruct didn't work. Mm. Because they've got this sphere data, he's controlling the computer, stopping the auto-destruct, saving itself. But how has it made its shield stronger on Discovery mm. than Torpedo could yeah, cope with. Yeah, you'd think if they just kept shooting yeah. him at yeah, the prolonged Yeah, it's almost like barrage. he's got, suddenly managed to have an... Unlimited uh, shield yeah, technology, yeah. which with what's coming up, if they have that unlimited shield technology, so what's the problem later on? Yeah, because <laughs> we we know that they don't obviously have that. So no, it's a good point. Why didn't they just keep on firing at it? Yeah, maybe they're not like Voyager and they don't have an infinite supply of torpedoes, and so it's like, well, we haven't got enough to destroy it, so there's no point. Whereas. There's that YouTube video in there, Voyager, where they say in the pilot episode, like, we've got 36 torpedoes or something. And yeah. It uh, shows them firing about 300. Anyway, we'll get on to Voyager and what we think of that at some point in a future episode, maybe. They have different opinions on Voyager. I don't mind Voyager. <laughs> anyway, we'll talk about it another time. Um, they use the original sound, though, for the torpedoes. We get yeah. the TOS sound effect, which is great. And then this is where we get Michael's vision of Leland killing everyone. And I noticed that he did get Bryce in there as well. He did, yeah. Yeah, Bryce. Sorry, Bryce. <laughs> but it's only a vision, and it's only a vision of a possible future. It reminded me a little bit of uh, Wrath of Khan, where you see all the bridge crew die in the simulator at the start. Yeah. But it's not really. So it's not really happening. It reminded me of that a little bit. And then we get Michael's revelation that what we need to do is set the whole ship into the future, and that's why we've got the crystal. And then we finally get the credits. Do you know how long it was in the episode? Oh, it seemed an age, about 20 minutes. Just just a little bit less, 14 minutes before we get to credits. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, so we go on then when we do get back from the credits finally. Uh, we go into a briefing, and basically they're outlining the plan of what's going to happen. So we're going to build a new sh- a new suit, going to take it into the future. Michael's got to do it because it's coded to a mum's DNA, but and her DNA is close, close enough. enough. 
We've we've talked about that, haven't we, before, and yeah. how that works. DNA's a MacGuffin. Yeah. <laughs> and then they work out that it must be Michael who set the signals because her mum didn't. Yeah. So we we're now sort of differentiating between the two types of red angels basically the two different red angels yeah there was michael going round setting signals then there was a mum going round saving the people from terrelysium and trying to stop yeah. control and uh a mum saved spock in the past so and she saved michael so that seemed yeah so that seems to be where we're differentiating them there and then they say that they need a red giant going supernova and I like that Giorgio says, well, let's just blow one up. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. And the question is, she just goes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she's not bothered. And she says, I thought there were no bad ideas. <laughs> so she's great. I love these comments that she's coming up. Um, then a new signal appears. And, you know, it's... You could argue that it's like a deus ex machina, like, oh, it's appeared to show you where the next Nova is or whatever, but... There is a reason, you know. We this whole episode is about it, it's it like it's an action-packed episode, but it also ties up a lot of yeah. Th- this whole episode is where did the signals come from and why? So we are going to find that out. So it does appear just in the nick of time, exactly when they yeah. need it. But there's a really good reason for that as we as we go through, and it takes them to Zahaya which is where Tilly's mate were from yeah, in the short, in the short trek. treks so the, sh- the short treks yet again are tying in and they even in the previously on show a bit of the short trek and that must have confused people who were like well hang on where yeah you'd like you taught most people by now would have watched the short trek you would have thought so and like I I haven't got bought the the blu-ray mainly because I have it on streaming on Netflix yeah so. yeah but I want. Is it on the Blu-ray? It's not on the season one Blu-ray. I don't know if they're going to put them on the season it two may, Blu-rays. It, well, they we did have short treks before season one. No, didn't but we? I thought maybe they'd tack them on the ends by but, the time it. Well, came hopefully, out. hopefully they'd put them on the season two Blu-ray. It because there's a lot of tie-ins. So. Oh, there is definitely, and um, you know, I and especially when they're doing flashbacks to them. Yeah, and there's I know there's rights issues and things like that. You know, with Netflix and because. We don't know what's going to happen with season two of Short Treks because they're tying in with Picard and yeah, it, that's going to be on Amazon over here. I mean, CBS in America, it's no problem. Yeah. It all goes on there. But, yeah, it's um, international market. Like, personally, I've, I didn't have Amazon until I heard Picard was being no, exactly. I, I actually went out and bought a fire stick and signed up to Amazon. <laughs> well, there you go. It shows that it's, it, it draws people in. Um, Virgin approaching a point where they're not going to be happy with all these um, signing No, <laughs> I think sort of TV subscription services are, are Yeah, I think trouble, you're on the way out. We'll see what happens. Um, so anyway, we, we, we meet Tilly's old friend, Poe, and she's developed a technology to recrystallise yeah, dilithium. Like, when Poe beams the board, it's we have it quite nicely because obviously Tilly and Poe know each other. Yeah, and all the rest I of the crew don't. Know. Yeah, but I like where Poe goes to Michael. Oh, you look taller in your photographs. Yeah. Sort of, Thank you. Sort of, yeah, how do you know what I look like in my photographs? Everyone's really confused. <laughs> so yeah, Poe. I like Poe. She's she brings a good sort of energy to it. She's good fun. And then there's a scene with Stamets and Culber. And it's sort of very awkward. Stamets is saying he's looking at getting off starships, basically. 
and they do wish each other happiness though they're clearly still very upset by how everything yeah. turned out Culber's going to join the Enterprise and that's that's the start of one of our many sort of subplots this episode we're going to come back to that time and time again and then um, they talk a little bit about how it's going to be a one way trip they're going through taking through the wormhole and everything Michael's not going to be able to come back after it which is what they'd hope that they'd be able to just take the ship through yeah and then she could come back but once they've charged up the time crystal it's it's not going to have enough it's unstable how they have to charge it is the problem yeah and then they they use the energy from the spore drive to do it so that they're not going to be able to use the spore drive in battle yeah because that would have been handy like if you remember when they uh, Lorca took on the Klingon sarcophagus oh, ship uh, and it was jumping all over yeah. the shop that would probably come in later in this episode but it's nice that they, they've they thought of that and they've given us a reason, reason why, why they can't do that to. yeah then the, there's a lovely shot around this time where we see a worker bee um, coming into Discovery Shuttle Bay but it's doing it all upside down and it, it's nice that we can do these sort of shots now because it's totally yeah. CGI and we can play around with perspective and everything, whereas with the old models, you couldn't really... Everything was on the same plane. Yeah, they're, <laughs> to do it, they're rigging it out to yeah. being crazy. And um, so it's nice that we get to do them types of shots and everything. Then Michael's kind of saying goodbyes to everybody on the bridge. Um, Ash is obviously clearly upset. And then they have this moment where they say eyes up for Commander Burnham and everyone kind of a it's a silent yeah. salute basically. And then she says, "I love you all of you." And the focus there's on Spock and Georgia, you know, a brother and a, a best friend. A, well, it was a mentor, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, Georgia was a mentor, but this is Mirror Georgia. So. Yeah, they, they've developed a bond, but it's yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a perverse bond yeah. really because it, it's she clearly is still looking up to her like she did to the original one, but this isn't the same, you know, quite clearly not the same woman. And Giorgio clearly has a lot of affection for this Michael, even though she knew the mirror Michael. So it's it's an interesting relationship between the two of them. And then we get another little scene with Tilly and Poe. Poe's going to stay on board to help with everybody. And there's just clear sort of affection between them two characters They've got a really good chemistry, the actresses, yeah. I think. And then um, there's quite a telling bit with Giorgio and Michael where Giorgio's basically saying, you've got a martyr complex and you're always wanting to throw <laughs> yourself into it. And I think that's probably fair. Yeah, I don't think anyone <laughs> could actually argue with that. No, we, we've seen that quite clearly. And then we get the reintroduction of Sarek and Amanda. They come back to the ship. Well, uh, just as a hologram. I thought they were actually no, there. No, I thought, I thought it was see, a hologram. No, you see a shuttle leave afterwards. Uh, so right. I think they've actually... Right, I thought that there's... Like, there seems to be a problem with warp drive, how fast they get everywhere in, yeah. in Discovery at the moment. And it's a bit like uh, in The Last Jedi, how in the middle of a battle they could yeah. hyperspace to a, a system somewhere totally different yeah have a little adventure have then an come adventure back. and come back it's like I mean Star Wars is generally worse for it with yeah. travel time because like I think in 
Revenge of the Sith, like they're on Coruscant and Anakin's gone to kill the ambassadors, but then Obi-Wan turns up two minutes after he's done it, even yeah. though that was all concurrent. But yeah, there's we're not clear on they'll have to publish like a new map of the galaxy so we can see where Zahara is compared to Compa- Vulcan. Yeah. Maybe it was just lucky that they happen to be in the in neighborhood. neighborhood. Yeah, it seems... uh, but you, you do definitely see a shuttle leaving right. when they leave. Right, so. I've missed that then. And he's um, found her through the Catra, through his meditations and everything. And you get some nice payoff to the acts we've been building with the characters. She thanks them for saving her as a child and with raising her. And I thought James Friend's acting as Sarek was really good. So even he looked like he was on the verge of tears. Yeah. And it, it's good how he... But they don't seem to go interact with Spock in the same way, which I no, find a bit but, strange. But he does say... Um, because Michael says to Which to is them, another reason why I thought it was a hologram yeah, projection. That the messaging through hologram, that's why they couldn't go. They couldn't. And it does I mean, it we talked about this a bit before when Spock and Sarek were in the same same room, but Spock was in a, a weird state of mind, so maybe he didn't remember and it Michael does say to them, like, you know, I want you to look after Spock. And Sarek says, you know, we do, but I'm keeping my distance due to his wishes. Yeah. So it sounds like it is it is a choice that they're not seeing Spock. But mm. you yeah, would, but, well, Sarek maybe, but not Amanda. Yeah, you would have thought Amanda had called in yeah. on him, especially considering what's about to happen yeah. and everything. I mean, I suppose there is space that off-screen Amanda could have seen Spock, but it would have been nice. Yeah, to I have think had it's something scene. that we should have seen because, like, when we're seeing Journey to Babel, his father's distant. Yeah, from him, but Amanda takes the time to stop and say hello to him. Yeah, it separately. It so would have been she nice. Respects Sarah when he's there with it, but personally, she will take. Yeah, she's to not see her son. Yeah, maybe it was just uh, you know. It it does seem like there should have been a scene there. Yeah. So I don't know if one were filmed and it was cut or yeah. Oh, oh, it was just a hologram visit. See, I'd go with that, <laughs> but there's definitely a Vulcan shuttle leaving. And then yeah, Sarek sort of asks for Michael's forgiveness, and like you said, we don't see that with Spock until the voyage home. You know, yeah. so which is well, it might be about fifty years on from this oh, point or at something. Least. Yeah, probably. I know Vulcans are long lived, but it does take a while. Then we get um, a bit with Michael where she's watching the video of her mum. We learn that that's how she's learned to pilot the suit, and she has a nice sort of goodbye with Tilly. And Tilly says, "Our goodbye needed to be non-existent. It's not who we are." But that's a hint that. Basically, the whole bridge crews decided to stay with her. There's quite a nice part, actually, why they're building the suit. Yeah, like, I mean that's a lovely scene. Yeah, you get a lot, have of, a lot of separate, different interactions all in one scene yeah. between different people. So you're in a huge, busy work area, obviously, a lot going on. But you have Stamets st- telling someone something, someone else working. With yeah, someone else, it and shows then, them working really well as a team and yeah. coordinating and everything. And then the only person who's not going, even though he's there, is Ash. Um, he takes her aside, says he's not going, and basically he's taken it upon himself, really, to keep an eye on Section 31 yeah. and make sure nothing like control happens again. And they get the big 
kiss between the two of them and everything, so they get the little romantic moment. Well, you have the part where Ash goes to Pike and goes, I need you to understand that I'll lead to leave the ship. Yeah. And, and all that. We find but out, you don't find out yet yeah, why, why he's gone. Yeah, and I suppose now's as good a time as any to sort of reflect on Ash and Michael generally. It, I was thinking with this, like I think both of them are really good actors and I think they have got chemistry with each other, but I don't quite buy like how epic they seem to want this love story yeah. to come across. Like They're trying to do the whole star-crossed lovers yeah. thing and... I don't know, like, it just doesn't feel as as big as they want it to be. Like, this moment should be really devastating, but... Yeah, it's... I, I don't know, I just don't quite get it. I no, think, I didn't get it. I think maybe they worked together long enough before they were forced apart for us to really get a sense of Possibly. it. Possibly. Like, maybe that's why. Yeah, the, the story's been, oh, they're separated, they can't be together, but we've not really seen the, how good they can be together. Yeah. As, They've been sort of longing and pining for each other, but you know, I as I say, I think it works, but it, for me, it doesn't work quite as well as maybe they wanted it to. But you know, that's well, that's always going to be the, the case end of in the some relationship, of the isn't it? It is. This yeah. is it. This is Ash and Michael finished done. Yeah, you would assume so, unless something very well, strange happens. Well, we don't the know the future. Mm. So then. You get a montage sort of with everybody leaving messages to the loved ones here. And Saru's sending it to his sister, Tilly to a mum. Uwo is presumably to her parents. Yeah, it sounds like it's to her parents. Yeah, because we had that thing earlier in the season that she's got, was it Luddite parents? Um, so And she wasn't that connected with them. Detman's sending it to a friend and Stamets, it's to his brother or sister. But it's nice that we've we've got these scenes and it it does sort of add to the sense that something really big's coming. Yeah. If they're, they're leaving these they're messages, leaving messages and everything, yeah. And then we get a sequence with Pike going. He says, I won't ask you if you're all committed to this because he knows the crew well enough <laughs> yeah, by this point. Um, it gives... There's a scene that's almost sort of... Um, a companion piece to in the first episode where he does the the round thing where he gets them all to call out who they are, what they do, and there's one here where he sort of pays respects to each of them. And, yeah, you know, you've been great at this, you've been great at that, and I noticed in this bit they talk about Discovery's going to need a new captain, but they don't make a decision at this stage. Yeah, well, uh, Saru sort of Saru steps up, steps up and goes, "This isn't the time." Yeah, I wonder if that's the writers playing it safe. Yeah. You know, we'll decide that at the start of season three. Yeah, we've got X amount of months to decide who we want to be captain. We don't want to box ourselves in and say, Saru's the captain, and then have a different idea and have to backtrack. Yeah, we're still writing season three, so let's get season three written, and then it'll be in place. So I think maybe that's probably I think it will be Saru. I think it should be Saru, yeah. Because, like, the whole thing, like Discovery started where it's going to be centred around the second office, the, well, the first yeah. officer, as opposed to the captain, which is Michael. So yeah, you sort of change your premise of the show. But at that yeah, point. I think we're going to wind up with Michael as Saru's first officer. Yeah. That'd be my guess, but we'll we'll see. And they ha- they do the sort of eyes up thing again, but this time for Pike as yeah. he leaves the ship, which is great. Um, 
in engineering we find out the crystal's not charging fast enough and there's a bit where Reno says well I'll stay with them and they talk about like can we put it in a box can we do this do that yeah and the idea is we don't want the visions of the future to spread to people around but Reno's gonna do it I'll but, take the risk. But nothing really comes of that. Like we we don't well, we see don't, we don't see any visions really from Reno. No, I thought I thought we were off to see some something, but then Well, I wonder if the, <clears throat> if it's like we've already seen some visions with Michael and did the one did they decide hold on, if we we they could get bogged down Yeah, I could be with everyone having different visions of the future you could bog down the episode in that maybe so but then i wouldn't have bothered making that you know pointing that out as a threat at this stage there's also the thing that they might have plans that it could be a flashback from a using a flashback Ah. from an an episode something in the future yeah if we come back to it somewhere down the line yeah maybe that yeah we'll give them the benefit of the doubt on that one then so it may come back later on but i think that it's either that Something that they're going to use in the future, or that they decided that hang about. If we get too much into this, we're going it to get could, bogged down. Yeah. Too many flash, and then too many visions, and yeah. Then there's there's Pike going to the transporter room, and he thanks Giorgio, but says he doesn't trust her. Ash, this is where you mentioned, you know, Ash says I've got to go do something. Yeah. And then you get that great bit where Giorgio activates the controls but says, I'm from the Mirror Universe. And Pike says, what Mirror Universe? He gives <laughs> her a wink. <laughs> and, yeah. he's, known, like, he's obviously known all along. Yeah, he? he's he's not daft in Pike. Yeah, so. especially when he says, I don't trust you, because he always did trust... He, yeah, he would have implicitly trusted Giorgio, yeah. So I like that. It's a shame, really, that... Pike didn't brief Kirk on the Mirror Universe when he hands over command to him. That might have come in handy in yeah, it could have. one particular episode. <laughs> you know, it's one of them things. And then that's more or less where we leave the first part of it. That It's just everybody's battle stations preparing yeah, for already. battle. And we don't even get a to be continued, do we? It just finishes. No, it just finishes and then, and then it goes straight into... Yeah. Like, when it starts the second one, we don't even get it previously, really. No, it I think starts. there might be one on Netflix. I'm not sure. No, it just starts. But, right, so, yeah, it is. It just goes... It, it obviously was meant to be filmed as one episode and they've put it out as two. Yeah. So, for part two, because there's a load of subplots going on, rather than going through it sort of bit by bit as we have been doing, I've tried to, like, condense it and look at each subplot one by one. Okay. So, the... Start of it is everyone's at battle stations. We're jumping between the two ships. Section 31 are on the way. And then you get this bit where they're deploying all these shuttles and these drones and everything. Yeah, well, the Enterprise has turned up with um, the latest in fighters, hasn't it? Yeah, number one says I got them specially for when shit hits the fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, and like we don't know where she's got them. We assume she's not meant to have them. Yeah, and maybe that she'll have to give of... them back afterwards because <laughs> well, we don't see them again. So, well, is there anything left to give back? Probably not. No. <laughs> um, and then these are, you know, as you mentioned, we've got all these scenes with Nan and Stamets and Michael, and they're all working on the suit. There's a weird. Um, split screen shot at one point where you've got Saru and Detmer and number one and they do an actual split screen thing yeah. and have the divide and it, it's just I've never seen that before in Discovery and we don't see it again no. 
It just. I think it's. I think what they're trying to do is that there's so much happening at the same time. I think it is. Yeah, and it, and it does. It it does come across that these they've got. What is it? Fifty minutes or an hour? Something like that. Fifty yeah. minutes to an hour until section thirty-one gets there, and they've basically got shit loads to do. Oh so. yeah, and it is just a directorial flourish. It's just an unusual one for yeah. Star Trek that we don't often see. I mean, you most often saw that in twenty-four, which. Yeah. That was all about things going on at the same yeah. time and everything, so... But it does work in It here. does work, yeah. It, it doesn't stand out in a bad way, it just, yeah. it's just... It something. stands out as something they don't do often. Yeah, and uh, in the midst of all this, Renault gets a good line where she says, you want me to bend the laws of physics, which is <laughs> a very Scotty thing to say. <laughs> Saru quotes Sun Tzu, um, which everybody in every science fiction thing seems to know off by yeah. that because <laughs> you get that mentioned so often and I like where Leland comes on the screen and Giorgio says we were just talking about you everybody hates you <laughs> <laughs> she's great yeah, it was... <laughs> yeah. And, but then he tops it and releases even more drones than... well that's it well, Pike goes saying you're only 19 ships, we've got so many hundred. Yeah. And he goes, look again. Yeah. <laughs> and what they're setting up really here is, it's a battle that we've not seen in Star Trek before. No, it's presented we haven't seen in a, a different way. Yeah, we haven't seen a battle like this in Star Trek. It reminds me most closely of in the new Battlestar Galactica, where they'd have... The Galactica and the base ship would be launching missiles at each other, but they'd have all the fighters, fighters and out. the raptors and, and everything else would be spinning around in between. And it makes sense in a... Really, I think, does this sort of battle... It, it does, yeah, but it's... It's not something that we're used to seeing. It's not, it's not how Star Trek traditionally does battles. Yeah. I mean, the closest you've got, I suppose, is some of the battle scenes in the Dominion War where they had little fighters flying yeah. around as well. And... It may just be the fact that they've never had the technology to do this before. Yeah, like, there's well, no other show could have done that. Yeah, like, I know that they went to CGI to an extent with Voyager and Enterprise, yeah. but... But the CGI wasn't as refined as it no, is now. CGI and, is... And not CGI's, as <laughs> Yeah, CGI is coming on a lot. Yeah. You can do a lot more. And, you know, I, it's another one where it's something we haven't seen before, but I don't think it necessarily contradicts anything you no. know you could argue that okay the next big battle that we see chronologically after this then would probably be balance of terror and in that it's they're basically playing hide and seek with each other so if well, they're playing submarine warfare yeah so if kirk had launched out 200 drones it wouldn't have worked they'd have found out exactly where the enterprise yeah. was and you know same with the battles in the wrath of khan and yeah. things like that so it maybe it's just a type of warfare that the Federation decides, well, actually, that's not very efficient, really. Yeah, it's it's not effective. It's not effective with manpower. You lose a lot of personnel. And, the, you know, they're not warships. Uh, the, the ship, our main ships in each series, apart from the Defiant, yeah. are not warships, and the Defiant um, doesn't need a load of drones because it's got... <laughs> well, the Enterprise was built as a battleship. The TOS Enterprise? Yeah. Yeah, but it's prime. You know, primarily it's doing exploration and everything. Um, it's actually a patrol vessel. Is the mm. 
it is used for as a battleship, so you'd think a battleship maybe. would have yeah, maybe a lot of so. different. And they are the the constitution was like done, so it could do multi-purpose missions. Oh yeah, definitely. Without having to return to a star base, so it's yeah designed to be able to. Yeah, but don't you think that um, if they had this technology, it had been on the Enterprise. If it also had it in the Kelvin universe, it might have been quite handy against the swarm. Yeah, it probably would have been. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. But then, you know, maybe in the Kelvin universe they don't design it. Maybe yeah. whoever designed this was on the Kelvin. Yeah, possibly. And got killed and so I just couldn't come up with them drones. But we like the fight anyway. Yeah, oh yeah, it's great. It's as I say, it's just different and it I'm quite happy with it because you you don't it's good to mix it up and do different things. Yeah. Um, there's, as I say, loads going on, but there's a lot of nice interactions, a lot of nice lines and everything, like, Poe's still in a shuttle, but she invokes diplomatic immunity, <laughs> so they can't do her for nicking it. Pike at one point says, follow the Queen, when she comes yeah. up with a plan for, you've got to shoot the drones at both sides. Saru started um, saying, oh, whoa. Well. Pike started that, but he started saying it as well now. <laughs> Georgia's just out for revenge. The time crystal we find out's charged. As I said, we don't see any ill effects from Reno at this stage. And then Pike's sort of nagging her to get things done. She says, get off my ass. Get off my ass, sir. <laughs> As the doors are closing when she realises maybe she's yeah. gone a tad too far. There's a really cool bit where they have to put the Enterprise in between Discovery and the Swarm. There's a nice part where, um, the t- where Tilly gets told to go with Reno to make sure that the suit gets there or oh, the crystal yeah. gets there and Reno turns around to Tilly and goes what he means is in case one of us gets killed oh yeah <laughs> yeah there's some great great stuff going on and in the midst of all this when they are taking the suit Stamets gets seriously injured he yeah. looks very very ill and we see this shot of sick bay and sick bay just looks like hell it's yeah um, there's people also, who's got power failures yeah. in sick bay and I mean, again, the they're asking only, for assistance and there's no one to help them. It's that, yeah, the, that much going on. The only sort of comparable thing I can think of in Star Trek, again, is Wrath of Khan. It seems to be the only other time that we've seen this much chaos on a ship. Yeah. In the um, midst of a battle. I, I'm just we have, uh, well, we have um, the pilot episode of Voyager when Sick Bay is oh, of course, yeah, destroyed. That's and, true. And you have to activate uh, the Doctor. Well, yeah, they could have done with an EMH. Well, yeah, this is before they... I know it's a long time before it, but yeah, they could have done with that. Um, then the suit's ready. Spock sort of puts it into words saying to Michael, it's your mother and it's you, the Red Angel. So we're quite clear on that now. And you do get like a hero shot of Michael once she's suited up. Yeah. And there's a really good transition between when it's coming on her, it's obviously CGI, like yeah. sort of Iron Man style, but then it's a practical scene. Yeah. And they do it really, really it, cleverly, it quite, really subtly. It is nice how, it's, how they, they sort of transition but this between is it them. With CGI again, like we said, yeah. CGI has come on, like you can do this now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yes, it used to stick out like a sore thumb, but um, no, they do it really Matrix well. Matrix Revolutions. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Mate, I've reloaded, but worse one, wasn't it, with that the Million Agent Smiths? <laughs> That was just... It's photorealistic. Yeah, that was the worst thing they said, it's photorealistic. <laughs> the way I choose to think of it is, though, that, like, 
Yeah, if you're playing a game on a PC or a console and the data's too much for it to handle, you start to get frame rate issues and blocky graphics. So I just think, the you know, Agent Smith were a virus and it was affecting the Matrix, so it looked rubbish because that's my... Fair my, enough. That, that's my fan theory for that one. But, I mean, to be honest... <laughs> but I yeah, know. CGI has moved on a lot. It has. Um, Spock's going to pilot the shuttle. And it was at this point that I thought, right that's how they're going to get Spock out of it because there's yeah. no way Spock were going to stay on Discovery. No, no, you have to leave Discovery. So you know that as soon as he said him on the show, I'm like, right, well, he's going to be off in a shuttle yeah. when Discovery goes. This is how he's not going to be on that ship. And there's an amazing shot of Michael flying in the Red Angel suit through the battle and oh, she sort of skims over the surface of the Enterprise yeah. and it just looks amazing. Um Reminds me a little bit of the bit in Into Darkness where Kirk and Khan are in the suits and they have to go from ship to ship. And they're flying through the debris field. Yeah, a little bit like that, but I think this is done even better than that. And again, it shows, like you say, about the CGI, like that was a major big-budget film about seven years ago or something. Yeah, it's not that. 2012, was it? Something like that, yeah. And then now we can do better than that on a TV budget, which is incredible. Yeah, Um, Discovery has had a big TV. Oh yeah, let's not let's not sort of expect this from every TV. No, no, it's not quite up to Game of Thrones, Walking Dead level, but it can't be far off in terms of how much they spend on it. I think it's more actually. Really, more than maybe more than Walking Dead, but I still I think Game of Thrones were. That was really silly money. Yeah. You'd think they have, could have afforded a light, but never mind, we won't get onto that one. Um, so, Leland, this is where it kind of splits, really, into two threads. Leland arrives on the Discovery, and this is basically Michael's vision, but this time she's not there, so things have already changed, yeah. and he doesn't manage to kill anybody. The explaining the Enterprise can't help because they both have to drop the shields. Yeah. So they can't beam anybody over. And Giorgio says, like, after we're done after we're done breaking and entering, would you like to join me in making <laughs> Leland's <laughs> screen? And Nan says, Yum yum. yum, yum. <laughs> <laughs> they, they really don't like Leland <laughs> at this stage. Then we get the the torpedo does get embedded in the saucer, so that part happens. Yeah, we've seen we're pretty much caught up with all the visions at this stage. Um what did you think to the repair droids? Um, it's the first time we've seen repair droid- yeah. droids. It makes sense, but it looked very Star Wars like R2-D2. That was what I or thought. R2 units. It reminded me of the scene in The Phantom Menace where yeah. the R2 units are repairing the, yeah. the ship. And yeah, for me, I, I didn't need it. No. It, like you say, it makes sense practically, but... But it's not something we've seen before and it did... To me, it just said Star Wars straight away, and yeah. I don't want Star Trek to become Star no, Wars. No, I don't. And yeah, for me, it were, it were a step too far. Yes, yeah. you know, the, there's no, the, there's no sort of. Um, oh, what's the bloody word? The only time we've seen it previously is when uh, Discovery went in the Mirror Universe and they were changing its name, and that was the droids out there doing. Yeah, and but that, it wasn't sort of as obstructive as you yeah, know, it wasn't as in your face and obvious as it and. They are just a little bit too cutesy and yeah. they look like uh, 
what's Wally? What's Wally's girlfriend? Eva. E- e- in Wally. Yeah. They look a bit like that. And yeah, I, I could have definitely lived without them. Yeah. I didn't, didn't think they were necessary. No, it doesn't add anything. And it, it is just a bit and, too... And when we've not got had them in the future, and we've had battles going on and there's damage, why haven't they had droids? Yeah, exactly. And why didn't Voyager have repair droids yeah, 100 years later? It's a really hard one to explain. Yeah. To say this episode is doing a lot to explain why we don't see things later and blah, 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 and they're doing a good job of it, and then they drop something like this where yeah. you're like, oh, mm. okay, never seen them before. Anyway, so we'll see. Maybe we'll see the the dot sevens again. Maybe we won't. And But we get a cool bit where the Klingon cleave ship arrives, and that is huge. Oh, the cleave ship's massive. It's it dwarfs the Enterprise and Discovery. Oh. It's an enormous ship. And Laurel gets to say, "Today is a good day to die," <laughs> which is always good for a Klingon. yeah. Klingons like saying that, but it's almost like a Klingon hello, isn't it? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it's that or it's Kapla. Yeah, Kapla. Today is a good day to die. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ash is on the ship though. So, so we've well here we find out where Ash had to go. Yeah, we, we get that, but, but the Klingons think he's dead. Yeah, and he was sort of like he can't ever go back. And so yeah. how's this been? I mean, maybe the crew on this ship, Laurel's in a circle, and so and, uh, maybe already did know. Yeah, they're not going to say anything, and you're probably under threat of death and dismemberment yeah. and all sorts, but. It's a little bit weird seeing him on a Klingon ship again. Yeah. You're like, well, hang on a second. Um, then the other sort of main strand is Michael and Spock. Michael, when she sees the torpedo going to the ship, she says, I've seen this exact moment. And her problem now is she doesn't know where to set as the destination point. And she's wondering, why would I have set all the signals to bring me here if we're just going to get stuck and not realise where to go next? But then Spock realises, well, that's exactly what the signals are for, to bring us here so we could win the battle. And this is where you set the signals from. And Spock admits it's a leap of faith, but he says, but it is only a logical one. (laughs) (laughs) Cheating a little bit. Spock does that quite regularly. He does, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, Then there's a bunch of subplots going on, so we'll we'll go through the other subplots first before we go back to Michael and Spock. (laughs) Um, We've got Leland versus Nan and Giorgio. There's a bit where he says, women be quiet, <laughs> which, you know, if you're going to be chauvinistic, I wouldn't do it in front of them two. That, no, that, but it's it's obviously meant to be evil, and it's meant to oh, be yeah, evil, and yeah. that's why it's stolen. But we're not allowed to use chauvinistic stuff anymore, so it's obviously... Oh, yeah, it's showing what a bad guy he yeah. is, but what I mean is, you know, you've picked the wrong ones to but do it we, to We them. have a lovely fight scene here. It's great, yeah. We lose gravity. Yeah, and so they're on the walls it and goes ceiling all, and all Inception <laughs> style. And you know, Michelle Yeoh's used to working on wires and things from Crouching Tiger and everything, so she gets to do her stuff again. And they end up chasing through the ship. Um, Giorgio tricks him basically into getting into the spa drive, and she's magnetized it all. And she does enjoy making him scream. Yes, you, you she see does her, make him scream. Yeah, you see her taking great pleasure in where he sort of blows apart and everything. 
So that's their kind of strand. Then we've got all the business with the torpedo. And it starts with number one and Cornwell going down. And they try various ways of trying to disarm it. it out. But none of it works. And then Pike decides he's going to come down instead. Now, we might get number one's name here. So I had to bring the subtitles up. He says, I'm giving you the con. And on the subtitles it says Nuna, spelled N-O-O-N-A. Now in the books, they have named it as Una, U-N-A. So I'm wondering if this is bad subtitle work. So he said, I'm giving you the con, Una. And they've heard it as, I'm giving you the con, Nuna. Mm. You know, when them words run into each other. Because it seems that if you're going to introduce a name and it sounds so similar to what they use in the books, why not why just, not just use, use the one? one from the books? I mean, I personally am happy with her just being called number one. Yeah. And um, she is as well. She gives her name as number one at the end of the episode. Well, that's so. to do with um, the species. She's used titles as opposed ah, to names. Ah, right. Okay. The species refer to themselves by title. Right. Okay. That. I can't remember one. which species she is, but that no, has been, I always forget. But what that she has is. been explained, right? So yeah, I'd have been happy with just number one, but if it's Nuna, Una, whatever they want to make it, that's fine. And then Pike gets down there. There's a bit of a back and forth with Cornwell, um, who's going to make the sacrifice, and basically Cornwall says, "Well, you know, your story doesn't end here, so yeah. it can't be you, effectively." But he's saying, "Well, let me be in then, because he can't go off." Yeah, by me. Yeah. And then <laughs> the question is, then, do you trust that enough to yeah to do it? And ultimately, it's Cornwall, um, which I can see that because she's the superior officer, but it's his ship, and he's more likely to win that battle probably than she is. Yeah. So. I think she makes the right, but I, the right call. Like, I know they were having problems shutting the door from the in, from the outside. They could only shut it from the inside. Mm. But surely they could have got a bit of rope or something. Something. To You'd have thought so, yeah. Or maybe put one of them things on the outside of the... Or maybe get one of them droids that the sun Oh, off. the droid could have come in, yeah. Come in and flick the switch. Yeah, because Captain Picard's not proved that artificial life can have sentience, so they haven't got any rights at the no. moment. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe maybe they do have them up until that exocomp episode in Next Gen, and maybe. then after that, they're like, that's it, we can't. In fact, these pretty much are them exocomp things. So that guy, he's what he's like 200 years behind on yeah. his... When he invents them, well, we had them years ago. Anyway, so yeah, the... Cornwall, There's a lot of plot holes in... In why Cornwall has, has to die. I yeah. Mean, dramatically... Dramatically, okay, it's fine. good, <laughs> but actual plot-wise, there's, yeah. there's a lot of things, and it's, like I've seen on a lot of the notice boards, etc. People ripping into this of why did she die? Why didn't they do yeah. X, Y, and Z? It is, say, but. yeah, it it isn't sort of justified enough within the episode yeah. to totally let it off free. I mean. It, as you say, it works as a dramatic beat, and yeah, it works dramatically. But there's a lot of yeah. plots of how you could have saved her. Then during this as well, we we sort of finish off the Stamets and Culber thread as well. Culber tends to Stamets in sick bays, come back to Discovery. He says, um, "I realised you're my home," 
and he's going to look after him. So, happy ending, finally. For them oh, two. Seemingly a happy ending. Yeah, them two are back together. Which is good. So. Like, I think it was, like, Stamets looks like he was half dead, nearly dead. So, he it's really maybe been, dead, It's yeah. maybe been that shock of, of that. Oh, oh yeah. well, this is what you saw with me. Yeah, absolutely. Ah, yeah. I'm seeing, I'm seeing your side of things now. Yeah, that probably is it. I'm wondering though, what's going on with like, you know, the Doctor position on the Enterprise. You've got that Doctor Piper in the cage. Yeah. So, Culber's gonna come in. So maybe Culber's gonna take over, and then he drops out. So Doctor McCoy's sat somewhere, going, "I'm gonna go on the Enterprise." Oh yeah. no, somebody else has taken over. God damn it, Jim. You know, and then it's, oh, well, Culber's dropped it, yeah, so we'll have um, you finally now, Bones. I'm not sure, was Bones already assigned to the Enterprise? Oh, no, he wasn't. Came so, on? Yeah, it's somebody else in that first episode, yeah. didn't it? Do- I forget his name now. One of them's Dr. Piper. I can't remember whether it's Pike's Doctor or whether it's the Where No Man Has Gone Before Doctor. I'd have to look back on it. Yeah. Yeah, sure. But Bones, yeah, don't turn up until the Carbonite manoeuvre yeah. if you're going in chronological order if you go in uh, if you go in the order that they broadcast him in Bones is there then he disappears for one episode then yeah, he comes back yeah. very weird I'd, TOS I'd, you really need to watch chronologically I'd, if I, you watch it in the order it's broadcast there's um, oh, I'm trying to remember his name there's one he's a recurring character oh is it Lieutenant Riley or someone uh, it's one of them but he gets killed, but broadcast-wise, he get he's back, oh, in, he's back in it is epi- it, two episodes later. Yeah, is it Riley? Because he's in The Naked Now, and he's in Conscience of a King, and I think he gets killed in Conscience of a King. But then they broadcast him all the way around. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah I, it, it's in the wrong order on Netflix. It's in the yeah. wrong order on the Blu-rays. But yeah, it, like, I found it really... It was... It is, I watched. I rewatched it on Netflix recently, but I'm watching it all of it in chronological order. Yeah. So it was really strange because I had to stop after every episode and then go back or yeah. forward. And at least though, it's not like when I lasted it, which was on DVD, and you had to like you put in disc three, then you stick in disc. Three. Yeah. It's and I don't understand why they don't just because it in the UK it's always been broadcast in production order and when CIS videos released it they always put it in production yeah. order but then Blu-rays DVDs have always been anyway um, so that's we should start a petition once we get the DS9 HD masters we want TOS yeah, we in, want TOS production, in order. production order um, <laughs> then the D7s arrive as well at this point so I was moaning last episode we didn't get a good enough shot of the D7s and now we get quite a bit yeah I'm happy with it now and they look great they look like yeah, like they should do. Um, look, they look most like the one you see in Star Trek Six, I think. Yeah, uh, so which yeah, I'm happy with. I'm happy with that. I think they look great. Yeah, I'm happy that like when we first saw the Klingons back in season one, I liked it, but I wasn't happy that we had all these different new no. ships, and that seems to be retcon now that they're doing a ship for the Klingon yeah, nation. The D seven is the ship, and that's it. So, going on to Michael's strand of the story then. So, the main thing here is her jumping around. Now, I rewatched the first episode, um, just the bit where they get the initial briefing, and what Pike says is seven signals have appeared all at the same time and then immediately disappeared. 
Um, so we'll bear that in mind as we go through this. So, Michael goes into this wormhole, and the special effects are great. They look kind of like Interstellar and yeah. 2001 A Space Odyssey. We're going for that sort of abstract, yeah. weird sense of space with this one. Um, she sets the first signal, which was at the USS Hiawatha, where they find Reno, and she sees the angel, which is her. The second signal is Terralesium. Yeah. And that's there to provide safe harbour in the future. The third signal is Kaminar. We see that she that's was the angel who saw Saru. Yeah, but that's to release the Kelpians. To get the Kelpians, yeah. The fourth signal is Boreth, which gets them the time crystal. The fifth is Zahaya, so they can get Poe, oh. who can help them fix it. She then comes back to the presents. They're all the ones they've seen up until then. And... She realises now she has to set the destination 930 years in the future, which is where her mum originated from. Yeah. I don't know why she couldn't work that out before, particularly. That doesn't seem to be... Yeah. And it And it's not shown that doing these jumps reminded her of that or no. anything. It's just she gets back and suddenly she knows. Or maybe the suit's made a calculation on it. Uh, maybe so. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, for whatever reason, she needed to do this first. Yeah. So she does it. The sixth signal she's going to set now, which will let Discovery, Discovery follow, her. To follow her. And then she tells Spock to go back to Discovery. He cacks, the engines are disabled. I think we saw that coming. Yeah. And they can't beam him up to, to the shield. So that's why we can't get yeah. Spock there. So Spock has to stay where he is. And you get a sort of culmination of their relationship all season now where they admit they don't want to lose each other. Yeah. Spock thanks us as she's helped him to reunite his two halves and to understand them. And he's worried that without her, he won't have his balance. And then she has an incredible sense of foresight where she says, find someone who seems to be the opposite from you and let him guide you. <laughs> yeah. So I wonder who that's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> but Spock does take yeah. her advice. And then... She says the seventh signal will be to let Spock know that they've got their safe. So that accounts for all the seven signals. What it doesn't account for is why they appear first all at the same time. So she must have had to have sent these signals twice. Maybe for some sort of residual burst of how they all appear. Yeah, I mean, it, but it would make sense for it to say, and then I've got to do all seven... Uh, the earliest point in time because that's what sets, sets discovery on the mission so it it makes sense that she would set them but yeah. th there's just no acknowledgement of it no. and again I don't know just a little line of dialogue or something would have put mm. that there but again this might be something that we're going to see in season 3 you know we don't know the start of season well, that's 3 it. we've got a lot to go still like we've got Two episodes of Short Trek that we haven't had any reference to yet. Yeah. And we've got another... Is it number six coming out? Yes. Like, yeah. I'm not sure how many are Discovery-based, but... No, I mean, I heard it was going to be three Captain Pike... Pa Captain two, Picard. Two, one for Captain Picard and two animated ones, but we, don't, but we don't know if the animated ones are for the animated shows or whether they could be linked oh, to Discovery. LinkedIn. But, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me... If the opening teaser of season six is Michael going through this vortex and going, I need to set the seven to kick it all off. Kick it all off. So, or 
you know, maybe Georgia takes the suit and she sets the seven well, to kick it all off and ends up back yeah. in there. Well, Georgia's still on the discovery and like yeah, bef- um, bef- we, we we're hearing a lot of rumours earlier in the year that the next show's off to be a section, section 31, 31 show. Yeah. Since then, we've had Picard announced and gone into production. But if there's going to be a Section 31 show with Georgia in the lead, they've now got a problem that she's 930 years in the yes. future. Yes. And she's got to get back, but the rest of them haven't. Yeah, which I think that's how it could tie into Calypso. Yeah. That she goes back in time. Like, we saw that her mum said that she was having like a rubber band effect in yeah, the Yeah, there was a tether. Just from where, from your start point, yeah. So I wonder if jo- if the if it's all going to fling back, mm. and then but the crew's disembark somewhere, right? Maybe on Terralisium. So the crew's down on Terralisium. George is up on the ship. Rubber band effect takes place. Ship goes back a thousand years. Yeah. Giorgio leaves it somewhere. For them to find. For them to find in a thousand years. Yeah. And that's why the ship's been waiting for its crew. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And Control, in theory, Control wouldn't know to look for it in this time frame now. So it wouldn't be a threat, it being there. So yeah, that sounds good to me. I like that. So, I mean, only season three will tell, but... That does sound like that's if we get a season, uh, a season of uh, Section Thirty One. Yeah, like, that's another question. Like, should we go to the end of the episode? Yeah, we'll finish then... the episode out and then talk theories about what's coming next. So, um, Michael heads in. You get a goodbye from Pike, saying goodbye, my friends, my family, and we find out Control's been neutralised. Yeah, as soon as Leyland was so, killed, that was so Pike gets to basically mop up the. Section 31 fleet, he just yeah. blasts them. Blast it out. <laughs> which is, yep, fair yeah, enough. Pick them off. Don't go mind on. that. Um, as we're about to go through the wormhole, the effect's very similar to in the motion picture, you know, in that bit where they get, where caught, they get caught in a wormhole. In a wormhole with the asteroid. Yeah. And yeah, I thought that. I thought that. I thought it was quite a nice little nod. Yeah, back. I did. And I yeah. thought that. I thought it was a nod back, just with more modernised effects. Yeah, again, yeah, I think that's what they were going for. And then that's it. Discovery's gone for the rest of the episode. We do get an epilogue in San Francisco. Ash is acting commander of Section 31, but they decide to promote him to full-on leader of it. So that's presumably setting up the Section 31 31 show. Um, They're basically all lying to Starfleet. Yeah, they're all asking what's happened with... Yeah, the Discovery, and they all say it's been destroyed. The spore drive malfunctioned. It destroyed Discovery. They blame Section 31, you know, saying it was them that let it get out of hand. They say that it's been eradicated, but Spock says, we need to take it further, and we need to classify everything to do with this mission, with Discovery, the people on it. Um, Which is why we never hear of Discovery. Which is why we never hear of any of it Yeah, with the the threat, the consequence of treason, if they, they do mention it. Um, I mean, does that work for you as a way of explaining it all why we don't talk about it it's um, yeah because in reality the crew of the Enterprise that went over for the battle most of them don't know everything that's happened with Discovery true 
And so, and most of the crew who were on Discovery have either have gone, gone to the future or are dead. Yeah, yeah. the Discovery. So there's actually only a handful of people who actually know everything that's happened. Yeah. And, and they're all saying that they're not going to talk about it, so it's quite easy for it to be classified. And it was a classified science mission to begin with yeah. when Lorca was in command. So I, I, it works for me that we don't know we we don't hear of Discovery again yeah. because it was a classified ship. And we don't hear of any of the events because there's only a handful of people who actually knew the events yeah. and have all, all been pretty tight-knit and said, well, we're not going to talk about it ever to anyone. And Spock does say Sarek and Amanda have sworn secrecy as well. Yeah, and they have diplomatic immunity but, from being questioned. Yeah, exactly. And also, he only says, you know, we've sworn not to talk about it in front of other people. Yeah. So there's nothing to say Sarek... Amanda and Spock don't discuss Michael yeah, in the for future. the rest of their lives. I do wonder if off camera maybe he told Kirk and Bones that he had a sister at some point. Possibly. I don't know. And presumably Captain Picard would know because he mind melded yeah. with Sarek, but Picard's not gonna yeah. let a secret like that out of the bag, so um Spock says he's feeling more certain of who he's becoming, so that's Finally sort of wrapping up this thing that people say, well, he's too emotional in the cage and he doesn't seem like Spock. So yeah, we've, but we've had a journey. Well, we've had all this of his two halves yeah. becoming comfortable together. We've had a journey in this season that, that takes us from that Spock to yeah. the Spock we see in the original and, series. And we do actually see the Spock in the original series at the end. Exactly, yeah. You get when that. he walks onto the bridge. You get the... I mean, it, it's such a cliched scene where... You've got a hero who's grown a beard who shaves it when they're ready to go back yeah. to action. It's a really silly cliche, but <laughs> it works. It here. works, yeah. It looks it does like work here. it looks like the Spock we know at the end. Yeah. And I like when he goes and turns on his science station that it's got that weird vortex in yeah, it that it always had. <laughs> which, yeah, don't know what that did. It's a spinny thing. It's a spinny thing, yeah, he's got it. <laughs> you gotta have spinny things. And he's he says that He's believing Michael succeeded, even though it's not logical. But then he does get the signal right yeah, they at get the, the end. There's the seventh signal. Yeah. 54,000 light years. I'm still not completely sure how these immediate air sensors are working. 50, mm. The 54,000 well, light years. I mean, years presumably away. because it's timey wimey, she'll have had to have worked it out and gone, I need to go back to this time to set this signal so that it'll be They'll visible. See it. In the Alpha Quadrant at yeah. this time. So, yeah, I think we can assume that somebody did the calculations. Okay. Then, <clears throat> the episode ends with, we pan out from the Enterprise Bridge and see it go out, which is a reverse of the very first shot of the cage that starts outside the Enterprise and zooms so, into the yeah. bridge. So, I'm sure that must have been deliberate. It, it, yeah, I, I think there's some nice Easter eggs and things like that, nod backs. Yeah. But... We get a lovely shot of the end. Oh, it's great. At the end and, and that shot is pretty much saying, you know, do you want the Pike series? Well, on? well, this is where we come on to the future. Like, all the talk, sort of, early this year, was all, there's going to be a Section 31, and then Discovery Season 2 started, and we fell in love with Pike. I think, yeah, I think that's the thing. I think they have... The plan was Section 31, and I think they thought, oh, Pike will be popular, maybe we'll do more with him in the future. But, but he's just blown everybody uh, away. Yeah, yes. Um, the new, en- uh, well, the new old Enterprise, how they've done the new the Enterprise, yeah. 
it works it's it's not glaringly different from no. what we used to they've respected the interior designs yeah. of the TOS and they've built them sets and they look yeah. great Use it's like, them. why would you rip down them sets and I think the other thing as well is if they want to do a Pike series they'd be better doing it sooner rather than later so I think Anson Mount and Ethan Peck's stock is going to have gone, gone up gone yeah. up so much with this and they're going to snap them up as leaving, leading men for other yeah. shows Um so I don't know. I've, I I won't be surprised if we get an announcement of a a pack yeah, series well, sooner rather than later. Was it um, San Diego with the Star Trek panel? Uh, Kurt yeah. sort of hinted uh, we might see what we can yeah, do. Yeah, he said we'll think about it. So mm. I mean, the there is demand for it, and there's. There's a lot more demand for a Pike show than a Section 31 show. Yeah. In fact, there's more demand for the Pike <laughs> show for the Picard show or Season 3 of Discovery. I'd, I'd agree with that. <laughs> and I think... And pa- we've got the Season 3 of Discovery and Picard in yeah. open production. <laughs> I think a Pike show would bring back a lot of lapsed fans as well. Um, yeah. A lot of these people who it's not Star trek enough for me, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think if any of those think, people had watched... I think, I think you could do... What's he got? Five-year mission before Kirk? Yeah, presumably, yeah. Is it? So he's got a five-year mission. Or three years of the mission left. So we could actually get a TOS remake. More or less, done, yeah. Which, I'm not being funny, but... Even if you listen to the... Like, we get all these haters, you know, who you are, Doomcock and Midnight Edge, <laughs> who don't really like Star Trek, that just want the original series. Well, the Pike show would give them that. It would, exactly. If they hated that, they'd just prove oh, that I they think don't. They'd find, all the out is for hate. I think they'd find a way of hating it for some <laughs> reason. But um, So, a little bit of a recap then on the season as a whole. How would you rate it compared to season one? Did you think it was better, worse? Um, I think it's been a better season than season one. Yeah. Uh, right. Don't get me wrong. Season one was a really good season. Yeah. I think if you look at any of the previous Star Trek shows, none of them really find the feet till season three. No, that's fair. Apart from the original. Apart series. from TOS, which loses its feet in season yeah. three. But so TNG, DS9, Voyager, Enterprise. None of them found the feet till the third season. If Discovery's not going to find its seat till the f- yeah. seat till the third season, we are in for some real awesome TV. Absolutely, because and it has delivered. I think it has. I agree with you. I think season two is more consistent than season one. I think it does a better job of telling one story. Season one was very much a game of two halves. Yeah, and it had that quite disappointing sort of epilogue to yeah. episodes whereas this goes out with a bang yeah and it, it's had some of my favourite Star Trek episodes yeah where that flashback to the cage that's brilliant it, it's respect it's tied up a lot of things that fans weren't happy about mm-hmm. from season one but it's respected the previous incarnations of Star yeah. Trek as this it's, it's shown how you can do a prequel Right, do yeah. it properly. What then would you say is like? What was your standout episode? Best episode of the season? It's name the one with the cage. The cage, yeah. The uh, what memory serves? Yeah, what memory yeah. serves? It was just 
that previously on Star Trek, it just That's bl- brilliant. It, it did. Yeah. It just blew me away. I didn't actually. The first couple of times when I first watched that, I actually went back to the beginning and watched that previously on Star Trek several times before yeah. I watched the episode. Yeah, That's how uh, good the previously no, on Star brilliant. Trek was. Well, it's a, I think I mentioned on the previous podcast, but I was in hospital at the time and um, my wife had loaded up the Discovery episodes I'd missed for me to watch. And I put it on and I'm going, well, she's put wrong episode on here. This is original series, you know. And I think for me... It was probably a noble for Charon where they first find the probe. Yeah. Just because I think that was just a great Star Trek story. It was yeah. just all about communication, trying to talk to something. And, you know, the bit where Tilly sings Space Oddity. And I it, like when... Know, another favourite was when they find uh for the first time. Yeah, that was a great um, episode. We got some of the other bridge officers getting involved. Yeah, yeah, that's which I thought was really nice after the first season. Yeah. We found out the names, we found out a bit about them and the down on the planet. It was Yeah, that I mean there were the majority of episodes I think were good to great. Yeah. Um the only bit I thought where the pace slackened a bit was the the it's it's Michael. No it's a mum. No it's Michael. And we spent two episodes on that, and I think we could have done that in one. Yeah. And that was the only time for me that the water got in a little bit. But even then, it wasn't bad. No. It was just... It was just a bit of a calm before the storm. And then the final three episodes with, you know, Pike having his vision of the wheelchair, and then this one we've just talked about, that's as strong an well, end to even, a season even as you respected the wheelchair from the, yeah, uh, the menagerie, how it was done. So... Yeah, it's I'd, overall I'd rate it higher than season one, but that, as you said, is not a knock on season one. The season one was a great season of TV, yeah. so I'm looking forward to where it goes in season three. Yeah, Star Trek's in safe hands by the looks it of it. It certainly looks that way. It's going yeah. from strength to strength. And we know very little about season three at the minute. No. Um, all we know is that it's set 930 years in future, and that's confirmed it is in the future. And the I think they've said that the crew are not necessarily going to be together at the start of it. Mm. So I think what that'll mean is basically Michael's going to be somewhere else yeah. because she went through first. Yeah, possibly. So the crew will be one place, Michael will be another um, other than that, I think we'll just have to wait for news to sort of trickle out and yeah. we'll, we'll bring you that as and when as yeah, we go forward. Like the next new Star Trek we have coming is Picard. Picard, which we, is... Well, we're unsure because originally they said the falls, which yeah, is autumn. but now so they're saying expect, early. So we were expecting sort of October time, weren't we? But now... Well, they've just wrapped production on it this week. Yeah. Principal photography, but obviously there'll be a lot of post-production to go into it. Um, but we'll we'll bring yeah, you. Yeah, saying end, beginning of next year. Yeah, I'm wondering if they're doing that so they can have an uninterrupted run. Go Picard straight into Discovery, straight into the cartoon, straight into Thirty One if it happens. Yeah, or possibly. Pike or whatever they do end up doing. Um, but we'll we'll bring you it on future episodes. Now uh, that we've reached the end. Yeah, we, well, we think we've got what about. A 15 week gap something like that Where so we have the movie series to finish with our good friend Dr Squee yep we're trying to arrange a time with that because he's yeah. a, a busy man at the minute with Gallifrey stands but also he's doing a lot of writing if you've not checked out um, 
he's actually using his real name. So it's Ian Shaw Writer is his um, Facebook page. So if you want to go over there, he's just had a story finished, uh, published in a collection of short stories. So busy guy, but we're trying to we're trying to arrange. Uh, a Retrek family reunion to get yeah, to all four of us back to finish the movies. So we're going to be bringing that in the future. Um, we've got a review of WarpedCon coming up. Yeah, we had a great weekend at WarpedCon and we've got uh, not a Star Trek interview, but we've got a, a story about Bill Shatner in an interview <laughs> with um, somebody who I'm sure the majority of you will recognise straight away. Yeah. So um, we'll have that coming to you. And we're going to... Basically, we're going to get prepared for Picard from Yeah, we're now going to on. do a little series, The Road to Picard. Road to Picard, and we're going to be looking at episodes that feature the characters re- and elements that are going to come to play yeah, in we Picard. Know, we know six returning characters, don't we? So we've yeah. got, obviously, Picard. <laughs> yep, we've got um, Riker, Troy. Troy, Seven of Nine. Data. Data. Oh, data law or before, oh, before. we're not sure which one it is one or the other so and um, Hugh and Hugh of course yeah, yeah so we're gonna be next time we're podcasting it'll be next week's episode if we can arrange with Dr. Squee to get a review of the movies we'll have that for you next week if not, we'll begin the road to Picard. Yeah, unless we manage to nail down the Warped guys, who obviously had a very busy weekend. Yes. And then we'll do our review on WarpedCon. Yeah, so stay tuned. Yeah. Ne- next week's next in a week bit could of be flux. anything. It could be anything, but. We'll definitely have Star Trek. <laughs> well. <laughs> so thank you for trekking with us this time. We'll see you next time on the Retrek. Thank you very much. Bye bye. <laughs>